Welcome back to my Fluent Podcast. I am the host, I am Daniel, and I have been learning English for many years. And one of the reasons why I started out was because I wanted to become fluent in English. And at a certain point, I started out interviewing other people and I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't stop interviewing other people. It became my most favorite thing to do on my Fluent Podcast. And this time we are gonna talk about learning English through movies. It goes without saying that this applies to other languages as well, because, yeah, of course, this method applies to other languages. Without any further ado, let's dive into today's interview. And just so you know, this comes with two parts. This is the first part. I will give an overview what we are gonna talk about today. On the first part, I would like to cover your story, Kara, mm. your journey as a listening teacher. And also I would like to touch on the topic how to learn English with movies and series. And then in the second part, yeah, I want it to be like a movie club and we will talk about Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And yeah, I saw that you, you gave a lot of interviews and it, it's really cool that you give away all your knowledge about learning with movies and series. And I thought I wanted it to be a little bit different. And that's why I, I think it would be really great to do something together, very practical, like, yeah, discussing the movie together. Agreed. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, just so you know, listeners, I have set up a list on Spotify in which I have put like 25 interviews with you, Kara. Oh, wow. It's incredible. Oh, are there that It's many? Like, okay, you probably have a better list like, than me, uh, I think. <laughs> there is more than 20 hours of content which you share your insights about learning with movies and TV series. But there are also a few other topics like how you can pass a British citizenship test. That was also mm. really great with <laughs> Luke Thompson. Yeah. And... You even talked about the climate crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So was it difficult for you to give all of these interviews? Um, did, did you get more experienced over the years? I, I guess so. I mean, I think when you give an interview about a topic you know well, you know, it's not so hard because you, you kind of know... Well, sometimes people give me the questions in advance, but I kind of know what I'm going to talk about because, you know, it's the thing that I do every day. So that definitely makes it easier. But I'm sure, I hope they've gotten better over time because if you found like over 20, then we must be going back in time a few years. So it would be interesting to hear kind of earlier ones. And also my point of view has evolved and what I'm doing has evolved. So um, I'm sure that's changed over time but no I enjoy I enjoy giving interviews it's not like it's much easier in a way than um, you know content from scratch where you have to really think about what you're doing you know just speaking about it is is somehow a bit easier I think personally yeah, um, yeah. and I didn't give you any questions beforehand so 
it's it puts more pressure on you maybe and also maybe. i am a bit of a scatterbrain yeah. so <laughs> my <laughs> questions might be perceived as a little bit uh, confused but just <laughs> just to defend myself <laughs> i am i am an english learner and <laughs> there is a lot to think about and uh, it's not that easy but but yeah let's go to the topic kara you as a listening teacher so could you please give a little introduction uh yeah sure so um yeah my name is carvelia pold and i'm originally from the uk but i've lived in france since 2007 so that's quite a while now and uh yeah a few years ago i started teaching online and i got interested in teaching listening skills and then i started combining that with movies and then more recently I've been running a movie club for English learners so that's yeah not just about improving your listening skills but also you know talking to others listening to them sharing thoughts about movies you know discussing and analyzing movies so it goes a lot deeper than just you know I'm here to improve my listening skills it's more like I want to be part of this community and share my thoughts about films and improve my English as a result of enjoying watching and discussing films. Yeah and I find it really cool because you really lift it through right because you I think you are in Besançon Be Besançon in Yeah very in good. France. Very good pronunciation. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And you struggled a lot with the French language, and for you it was also like a struggle to, yeah, to to learn how to understand the movies, because I will read it out loud. Quote it's from from your blog. I mm. struggled and struggled through lots of uncomfortable and unhelpful situations, even though I have a degree in linguistics, and. Yeah, that cracked me up quite a bit because mm. maybe there there is a misconception that when someone is a linguist and it's very easy to understand 100% of the target language, but it's not so. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you could become a very good listener in French. Uh, yeah, well, what helped me a lot was moving here. That definitely helped. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, you don't necessarily have to do that I decided I wanted to do that for various reasons not just for my, my French and uh, yeah what I spent a lot of time doing I think especially the beginning was well yes taking opportunities to speak to people but also just observing people's conversations and people's interactions and then kind of copying what they did so um This is obviously a lot easier when you already know the language quite well. But I was kind of lacking because I studied French at university. That obviously helps. We can't say it doesn't. But you're learning, you know, the sort of academic form of the language. You're not really learning how to speak in everyday situations. So, yeah, I had to observe those everyday situations. And, yeah, listening and being able to catch expressions that I could use that would sound more natural in conversation like interjections and expressions for agreeing with people and just yeah overall more more conversational expressions yeah that kind of came through through listening and 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 observing so yeah at times I maybe spoke a bit less so I could 
you know, listen more and catch um, particular phrases, many of which I don't really know how to translate them into English. I just I just know and use them because I learned them in context. So I think that's a really cool thing about improving your listening skills is that then you can um, get lots of input from, from context and you can't get it if you don't understand what you hear. So that's an important point. Uh, if you're only getting like a vague kind of fuzzy general message, but you can't hear like specific, you know, the words that make up a specific phrase that people keep using, then you can't, you can't use it yourself. So yeah, it's really important to be able to catch, um, you know, all the little details so that then you can, you can copy and then use it yourself. Okay. And it seems to me that these days listening skills are not taught that often and what do you think or do you agree yeah. with me and and how come yeah i mean i hope it's getting better but um yeah it's kind of something that i had to um teach myself so i do have a i am a trained teacher but um yeah we didn't yeah we didn't spend a lot of time on listening skills um And yeah, it was kind of similar to what I had done at school. So, you know, you make your students, you get them to listen to something, some passage from the textbook or some dialogue or something like that. And then they have questions to answer about it. So that's pretty classic, but that's not actually um, useful. You know, that's known as like the testing approach to listening. And, you know, people can just guess the right answer you know, when you have like multiple choice sort of questions or sometimes they want you to like infer things from context and yeah, it's not so much to do with listening as it is just kind of like good guessing skills. I used to do stuff like that because I thought, well, this is what you're supposed to do. And then, you know, as I got deeper into learning how to actually teach listening rather than test it, I realized that yeah, that kind of comprehension quiz approach isn't very useful, um, at least for for listening. So, um, yeah, and I don't know, yeah, I don't really know how things are evolving uh, slowly, I guess. Yeah, it's been a while since I was at, at school, but yeah, I don't know if they're still doing things like that or if it's starting to improve a bit. I don't think so that it is improving, but it's just my, my gut telling me. <laughs> and Yeah, it's still something yes, people cool. find hard. So that would suggest that it's, it's yeah, it needs, it needs work <laughs> still. How does your teaching approach differ from traditional language learning methods? In general, like, I think nowadays, I'm, I used to think, and I think we're taught this way, you know, that you can kind of take discrete, bits of the language particular words and expressions or particular bits of grammar and just kind of teach them bit by bit by bit and then somehow people will know how to use them and to a certain extent I did manage to learn that way at school I think some people are just able to absorb things that way but I don't think most people can and um Yeah, now I would say, you know, in teaching with movies, it's more about learning through context and input and high quality input, not just from the films, but also 
movie reviews and essays about the movies and things like that. Um, and then all that kind of input feeds into the output that people produce. So, yeah, I, I don't really want to go back to teaching where you're sort of expected to, you know, today we're going to learn this thing and somehow you're going to absorb it and you'll know how to use it when you next need it because I don't really think that <laughs> that that works very well. I think the best way to learn new language is when you actually, you know, need it and that's quite nice when you're talking to people and living abroad. Sometimes they can supply the word that you need when you need it and then I think you're more likely to to remember it. It's more meaningful and and useful um than someone, you know, you taught it in a lesson you're supposed yeah. to somehow try and memorize it and be able to produce it at the right moment and I I don't think that ends up actually working in in practice so um yeah that's yeah, what I'm I like to that do. yeah mm. it's like it's more tailored to the students needs right mm. not not only needs but what they really are into like like in the movie club if the people want to watch that movie then then we we watch that one and and then there are a lot of different sources that we can choose from and and then everyone can decide for themselves which one to to read or to watch and mm. it's more um everyone can decide on its own what to do <laughs> and then yes it's, it's, it's like those effective Mm. Yeah, it's like those choose-your-own-adventure books where you choose what happens to the character. You know, you have options and then you have to turn to a particular, a particular page. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, not everybody's comfortable with that level of autonomy, but um, I feel like I have the right people in the movie club who are not afraid to be like, you know, here's a list of resources. Nobody's expecting you to watch them all or or read them all, but just, you know, choose and let us know if they were useful. And if it's not useful, just tr try something else. Um, but yeah, I think that can be scary for some people, but <laughs> uh, also very <laughs> effective for people who are um, more self-directed and more autonomous like yourself. And Cara, you refer to yourself as a listening teacher, but sometimes I read that you refer to yourself as an English listening skills coach. So how do you like to be called? Referred so. to, yeah. Um, <laughs> I keep I keep changing it, yeah. Um, I, th I, I don't know, now I might go with like creator of the movie club or something like that. Or I okay. had an experiment with using like movie learning movie learning specialist or something like that. So I'm still experimenting with what to call myself exactly. I wanted to move away from like listening a little bit, um, even though my my courses are about teaching listening skills through movies, but the, the club is broader than that. So I kind of, I'm still trying to find the right title to reflect that. <laughs> um, I see, I, I haven't see. quite found it yet. And how do your friends or relatives react when they know what you do for a living because oh. i mean it's not it's not very common to to be a creator and to make a living out of it right so i suppose yeah, that they I mean, are I... <laughs> yes 
they're probably confused maybe or um yeah i don't i don't know i mean sometimes my parents will suggest <laughs> will suggest movies and tv series that they think i should um make my club members watch so i just sort of politely agree and then um you know obviously they have no clue what's suitable for a non-native speaker of english they'll just like suggest something that they liked or something like this so uh yeah and likes talking oh. about movies so oh yes. yeah usually the response is is all right and you also have a podcast which uh, is called Kara's Fast Natural English Podcast but i think it has been quite a while since you have uploaded and a new yeah, episode yeah it's um it's something i did at, at the beginning because i thought it'd be interesting to have um you know a podcast where uh someone spoke relatively naturally so i just uploaded yeah some episodes of me Well, I mean, you know, how useful it is is debatable because it's me, you know, monologuing, but I am doing it spontaneously. So the way I speak is full of features of spontaneous speech. So there's, you know, pauses and hesitations and repetitions and all that kind of thing. Um, although I think probably the best resource for that is, yeah, listening to unscripted dialogue as opposed to monologue. But even an unscripted monologue is quite good because a lot of podcasts for english learners if they're the kind of um you know uh word of the day style or something like that they're they're scripted so they're not so much about teaching you listening skills as opposed to like you know this podcast is going to teach you vocabulary yeah. or something i think that's a really important distinction to make because between scripted and unscripted speech and what's actually useful for in terms of real world comprehension because i think scripted podcasts can be really useful scripted and sort of slowish podcasts can help you get very high quality input where you're likely to actually catch a lot of it which is important um but they don't necessarily reflect how people actually talk in real life so if you're interested in understanding real life you know two-way dialogue then listen to podcasts that are unscripted dialogue but i see a lot of people making these sort of basic mistakes again and again because like they listen to a ted talk and then they're yeah, like i don't understand the, <laughs> the speakers talking fast in conversation it's like well a ted talk is not a conversation it's a scripted monologue <laughs> so there's like a mismatch between what you want to understand and what you're listening to and so not so you know different types of speech are different And they have different functions and they're going to help you with different things. So watching a TED Talk could be good if you want to uh, pair a presentation and you want to learn how to do it effectively or you want to pick up some vocabulary about a specialist area. Also useful for um, spontaneous speech because they're not sp spontaneous speech. And I'm kind of surprised that I have to, to talk about this all the time. But I do because <laughs> teachers recommend them. They say... Oh, well, TED Talks have a transcript, but in fact, every single subtitled YouTube video has a transcript similar to the... the so, you know, I just find this it's a yeah. weird kind of circular mm -hmm. logic, like you should watch them because they have a transcript. Well, but what if I want to understand 
spontaneous speech oh we'll still watch a ted talk because it's got a transcript like obviously i'm for listening material that comes with a transcript it's really important but it doesn't have to be a ted talk <laughs> i just i just i can't i feel like i've spent years just <laughs> going around in circles about this and it just you know <sighs> yeah anyway. i think as technology is evolving the transcript thing is gonna go away in a way because Mm. These days, I am using an app called Snipped, and it lets you transcribe the episodes automatically. So it right. uses artificial intelligence, and you have the subtitles almost immediately at your hands. Wow! But it all it Even only uh, works in English so far. But it will come right. also in other okay. languages. It takes time. It takes time. Maybe. I don't know a few years, and then it will be able. And even actually, the quality yeah, of um, of YouTube, that, um, the auto-generated yes. YouTube subtitles are getting better with time. You know, the machine learning is adjusting. Um, so yeah, like you say, it's less and less of an of an of an issue. Like everything will be subtitled or have a transcript soon enough. Exactly, and we have way more possibilities these days. When I think of the vast possibilities on podcast resources that are just a friendly chat, right? So I can listen mm. to some Americans or I can listen to people from New Zealand and it has become, yeah, it has become very easy to produce. So that means that we are able to, to listen to, yeah, to unscripted content. And this was not mm. possible uh, a few years ago because people were not ready or did not have the technology, but it became normal. Yeah, mm. it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're lucky. We live in an amazing time. Exactly. Why do you think, Kara, do people want to learn English through movies? This is a, a very basic question, but <laughs> I would like to know why... Why why do people want to learn through movies? Well, I hope it's because they like movies. I mean, I don't know. It makes me laugh what someone who took one of my courses once said to me, you know, who doesn't like movies? You know, I see a listening course telling me you're going to learn through movie quotes. And I'm like, yeah, because I like movies. So I suppose that would be the most... Yeah, that would be like a very basic answer, but then we can go one layer deeper and we can ask, you know, why do people like movies? And, you know, we can look to, you know, the fantastic stories that movies tell and, um, the you know, the way that they reflect aspects of ourselves that we may like or not like, you know, and the way that they maybe speak to universal truths about humanity um, we'll get onto that when we discuss Groundhog Day. And also just being transported, I think, being transported to another world for a couple of hours. You know, it's a it's an experience that takes you out of your day-to-day -day life. Um, and it also lets you, you know, as you observe the, the characters and the way they behave, you might ask yourself, you know, why, why are they doing that? And it, it can help you develop empathy for them. You know, as you as you try to put yourself in, in the shoes of a character and think, well, you know, what would I have done in that situation? Um, 
so yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of reasons, you know, beyond language learning that that make people want to to learn with movies that are yeah. just to do with the nature of movies them, themselves, like books, like literature, you know. Because I think that there is a little bit of a misconception, well, at least sometimes, that people maybe think that if they just watch a movie passively, that they are going to learn the, the language. Mm. Do, do you think there is a little bit of this misconception? When, well, when mean, students begin to use it as a resource tool to learn a target language? Yeah, I mean, I think I fell into this trap as well when I was learning languages because I was like, well, you know, a movie, it's like an hour and a half to two hours long. So if you watch that, that's like a really deep immersion in the language. That was kind of my assumption when I was learning foreign languages um, but then when you actually try it, it's not, it's not that simple. Um, yeah, so I think there is an assumption that you can just, you know, I think we often sort of, because we speak our native languages so effortlessly, we just assume that things transfer to language learning. So we're mm -hmm. like, you know, watching TV series or movies, that's something that basically requires zero effort, right? So maybe we think, we assume that it's going to be, you know, easy in a, in a foreign language and it's obviously, you know, incredibly challenging. But yeah, it's something we associate with relaxation and something that you can do when you're tired, like after work and it involves, you know, sitting on a couch. So it's, it seems very yeah, easy. Yeah. Mm. I myself, I struggle a lot when there are cultural references in a mm. movie And do you have any tips how to overcome that barrier? Yeah, of the cultural references. Well, I mean, one of the things, well, and that kind of, you know, breaks this image of, you know, effortless, relaxed watching is just preparing yourself a bit before you watch a movie. So um, sometimes it can really help to know something about the context. If it's a, an historical drama or something knowing a little bit about the context in which it's set that can just help you you know i'm not saying you'll catch every single reference but at least it gives you and you're not going in with like nothing and then getting lost because you really don't understand the context or the setting so and i mean you can do that in quite basic ways you can watch the trailer or read a plot summary um You know, in movie club, we also do a lot of reading kind of afterwards. So you might read a movie review and things start to become clearer. Or on YouTube, sometimes you can find like full summaries of a movie that kind of spell things out a bit more. So, um, you know, and these are also things that you can write down. And this is why I think watching movies in a group is so effective, because then you can you can ask the others that you're learning with, like, you know, what, what was this part of the movie about or what, what was that a reference to? And you can discuss it together and maybe someone else knows or somebody can send you to a reference that will explain it or, or whatever. So you can't, you can't achieve that from passively watching. Yeah, definitely. And when you say you take notes, where exactly do mm. you take notes? Do you have like a notebook Uh, yeah, either. Um, so sometimes when I watch movies for the movie club, I just like note down a couple of interesting things. I mean, it's obviously easier for me because I understand everything, but I try to note down my observations about, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe there's like a really cool 
camera angle or shot or there's an observation about a character I want to write down. Um, sometimes I just, sometimes I'm like, I get the movie on and I'm like, oh no, I don't have any paper or something. So I just like write in Evernote on my phone. Um, but really you could scribble this on a bit of paper. It doesn't, you could write it on a napkin with lipstick. I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be a sophisticated note-taking system. And also you don't want to spend the whole movie taking notes. It's just a couple of observations, you know. Um, yeah, not an in-depth analysis or anything, but just a couple of things. And even if that's questions like, what on earth was this movie about? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. the point of this film. And do you see yourself as a movie buff? Um, not, I don't know, really. Not really. I mean, I've had to, I still rely a lot on people who have expertise in in this field so people who are movie reviewers or movie bloggers or who make essays about movies on youtube and there's some really incredible resources and i i turn to those people for help with analyzing and understanding movies too so um you know i bring the language learning part into it but i i never studied film or anything like that so for me it's been a real education And um, yeah, I'm very grateful to all the amazing free resources we have online that can help us understand films. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you because oftentimes when I watch a movie and then I I read a, a blog post about it with an analy analysis, then uh, mm. <laughs> I got an epiphany or something like that because... Oftentimes yeah. <laughs> I don't understand, you know, the, the symbols and so on. When it, it gets very mm. complicated, I am more than glad that there are a lot of blog posts and, and reviews and stuff that are talking about it in more detail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, no, we would, we would probably be kind of stuck without, without those. And, but obviously, you know, our own interpretations are important too. Um, you know, whatever those are. And I think that's what's really cool about, again, watching movies in a group and coming from different language and cultural backgrounds. Everybody sees something different. Everybody interprets something slightly different. So even if, yeah, and, and a sort of quote-unquote official interpretation helps. Um, mm -hmm. And you see kind of patterns across, like, reviews and blog posts about particular movies. Some people don't necessarily agree They don't necessarily agree with the principal interpretation of such and such a film and they, they have an alternative perspective. So that's that's what's really cool as well. And over time, as people, you know, there are films that we've watched recently, like Hitchcock movies. Some of them were really unsuccessful when they first came out, like as if maybe people weren't ready for them. And then they were reappraised in the subsequent decades. So you can see like as society moves forward and as different people watch the same film, They take yeah. away something completely different. So a film that can be a flop. And even the thing that we mentioned at the beginning when it first came out, um, it was really misunderstood and people really didn't like it. And then over the years it became a cult film and now it's regarded as one of the best horror films of all time. And um, John Carpenter has even said, you know, if the thing had been successful on its release, his career trajectory would have been uh, different. You know, yeah. I hope he's not too bitter about it, but um, I don't think so. But yeah, I read something recently where he mentioned that. 
So it's funny, just sometimes you, you create something and it's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's not, not the right time for whatever reason. But afterwards, people watch it and they're like, oh, wow, this is a masterpiece when it was, you know, criticized yeah. at the, when it first came out. It, it is as if they were ahead of the time, right? So these yes. creators, they... <laughs> mm. And you see that also with authors. For example, there mm. is a horror, a horror author called H.P. Lovecraft, who was right. a poor guy. Many, many decades afterwards, he became very famous, but yeah, but, but he deceased. <laughs> so it, it's really oh. a tragedy. Yeah, it's tragic. Yeah, I was watching a, a documentary <laughs> yeah. about about Vincent Van Gogh, and it's the same thing. You know, like you know, he wasn't recognized during his lifetime, and then now he's you know one of the regarded as one of the greatest painters ever. But obviously, he didn't get a chance to actually benefit from that recognition. But yeah, we're lucky that he did paint. You know, <laughs> while he was alive, and we get to to benefit from his work now. And Cara, do you have any tips how we can make the process easier to to watch a movie and learn from it. I will give you an example. Mm. For example, what I would do sometimes, not always, is there is a website called Language Reactor mm. and it shows you like the whole subtitles and you can have like a second subtitle in another language and that way you can learn better. And what I would do also is, because you see a list of all the words that are involved in the movie, so mm. to speak, and they are placed depending on the level of difficulty, right. they are listed. And then, for example, there are the most difficult words in the end, and then I can skim through it, and then I see, oh, okay, these words I might not no and then i look them up beforehand before i watch the movie mm. i don't know if, if you if you are aware of that website yeah i've heard of it you i have think other it, ideas i think it tips. used to be called language learning for netflix i mean that's interesting yes, from a yes. sort of vocabulary learning point of view um and yeah just for quickly looking up you know key words i mean i don't really like having a decontextualized list like that. But I guess it is useful if, you know, you can quickly see which ones you don't recognize and which ones might be useful. Yeah, there are definitely technical tools that you can use, but otherwise kind of the process that we go through in Movie Club and the process that I share quite widely is, you know, um, sort of starting off by choosing your movie with a bit of care, you know, so choosing something you'd be interested in, perhaps choosing something you've already seen, maybe dubbed into your language or with subtitles, like something you're familiar with, or maybe like if it's based on a book, maybe you've read the book, like basically going in with a bit of familiarity. And that can also come through, you know, reading a bit about it before, watching the trailer, just getting yourself ready, perhaps a little bit more than you would when you're watching in your native language. Although even in your native language, you know, it can really help to know a bit of the context before you go in, because it's very easy to get lost at the beginning of a movie, if you don't really know, yeah. you know, who are these people? What is the, what's the point? What's going on here? Um, so you can definitely prepare yourself. And then I've been reading, there've been a couple of like articles and videos that have come out in the last couple of years about how native English speaker 
are using captions, you know, subtitles more and more because they're finding it hard to catch the dialogue of more recent movies. And there's a lot of reasons um, for that. And that's to do with, you know, um, moving from an analogue to a digital age and the way that sound is captured on sets nowadays. And also the compression of sound, which happens when you watch streamed movies and stuff like that. And I can send you some links about that. Um, but basically to me, the message coming through is that like where possible, watch older movies. So watch movies from the pre-digital age, you know, by which that could be movies from like the 1990s. I'm not talking necessarily about the 1950s. Um, like on in those movies, the sound quality should be better. I'm not saying you're going to understand everything, but you'll have more of a chance of understanding more. And then obviously if the movie is older, you may, there's more of a chance that you've already seen it. And also a lot of new movies are trash. Let's be honest. Like they're all just like, it's the fast and furious 27 or like <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. 56, or I don't know. It's just like, it's all these franchises of like Marvel characters or whatever. I mean, we've never watched anything like that in the movie club just because like we need movies that we can discuss so we need movies that <laughs> you know maybe i'm being unfair to superhero films but if a movie is mostly action like we're not going to have there's just not enough substance there for us to talk about you know in terms of like symbols and meanings and themes and the story and the characters and stuff like that if it's just fighting <laughs> yeah it's, um, <laughs> it's no it's no good yeah so there's you know choosing your movie um, yeah, doing some things to prepare yourself, making it easier on yourself. Watching with headphones seems to make a difference to people. I don't know if you've mm. noticed this. Um, I I usually I don't I don't listen with headphones, mm. but this is a good tip. I should give it because it try. really improves <laughs> improves the sound quality. And you know you're unlucky if you have like a really modern flat screen TV, like a super thin one. Apparently the sound isn't yeah. as good as the thicker flat screen TVs because obviously the speakers are getting smaller and smaller. So, you know, technology is working against us <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's it's mm. really weird <laughs> that the audio quality is better or, or it's easier to understand uh, an older movie than the modern ones. But yeah, it has to do also because there are so many different tools or devices like in the, in the cinema, there mm. are the settings, and then m maybe the movie was set up to to be very good in the cinemas. But then, mm. if you enjoy it on your mobile phone, then <laughs> it doesn't match. It, it doesn't mm. match with the settings that uh, it was been made for but i don't know i can't no, explain myself that, in english <laughs> that's something that comes up in the article um one of the articles i read which is quite long and quite technical but yeah they talk about the the cinema mix and then there's a mix for like people's home entertainment systems but like yeah like you say obviously they're all slightly different nobody has it the exact same yeah there's just so many like speakers and tvs and different setups that you can have at home and sometimes even the mixing for cinemas isn't right and staff in the cinema fiddle with it and it comes out wrong. And, oh, yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a big mess, to be honest, sound nowadays. It sounds like it was almost easier in the pre-digital age 
when it was analog yeah. and you know they had these big microphones and the, the actors just had to like aim for the microphone and now they have these tiny almost invisible microphones so the actors can kind of speak you know um more in a more natural way but then that can be really hard to understand so mm -hmm. it's um yeah it's tricky it's tricky but watching movies are hard i mean irrespective of, of all these factors they are the, the dialogue is hard. It can be harder than normal conversations. So, I mean, I think part of it is also not being too hard on yourself. And if you want to put the subtitles on, like, that's okay. And, um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah. If the goal is, you know, just enjoying the story and following the story, then, you know, using the subtitles is fine. And what bothers me a lot is when I am using subtitles and the subtitles don't match what is spoken because maybe oh, right. i don't, don't know exactly why when, when they're in english or when they're in another language also in english sometimes but yeah they do happens more mm. it happens more with other languages for example i am learning italian and more than not the subtitles does not don't fit what has been said and it just it bothers mm. me it bothers me <laughs> and <laughs> yeah it, it's it's really annoying and that might also be a reason why i always switch back to english because i wanted to make it my priority number one to learn italian and then i watch something and then i i go back to english because I understand way more in English than in Italian, of course. Mm. And, yeah. <laughs> But what do yeah, you that, think? That Or makes sense. Did, did you realize that the subtitles don't correspond the the spoken words? Well, at least sometimes. Um, yeah, occasionally in English, but I've seen it more with like, you know, if you go to see a foreign language movie at the cinema and clearly like people are still talking and like, but there's no more subtitles. So you can see that the subtitles are more of a kind of summary of what they, they've said. Yeah, They're yeah. not necessarily a faithful representation of every single bit of of dialogue. But yeah, if I go to see films in English here and then there's French subtitles, like I often read the French subtitles because I'm just curious about how they translated the English and how like faithful it is. Which is not good actually, because then I like end up not paying attention to the films. So I try to ignore them, um, but it's interesting to, to see how they subtitle certain things, and especially yeah, like cultural references. Like if you have to replace a famous person or something like that. I mean, even in different varieties of English, this doesn't always work. Because if a reference is like really American, like a reference to baseball or something, you know, in in the UK we just mm -hmm. don't like we don't know anything about baseball so sometimes Same those here. references or jokes just <laughs> like don't work it's like it's like if you had jokes about cricket for americans like they're not gonna i don't actually understand cricket to be honest so yeah i am currently watching a series called justified it's like a, a modern western uh, series and the thing is that they are talking with a very thick southern american accent and mm. what is hilarious is that the actors they usually they don't talk like that they had to pick up the accent so oh. i am currently watching a series 
in which even the actors, it's not their language, it's not their accent. <laughs> But to me, it's okay, you know, <laughs> because it's pleasure it's, and it's what I, I love to do. But it's just a, a very funny thought. Or what do you think? That, that the actors, they don't even talk like they talk in, in their normal life. Yeah, they had to, um, like, you know, accent trainers are a thing in Hollywood because, I don't know, for some reason the studio wants to cast an actor who doesn't have that particular accent. I mean, I can understand it's not always possible to find the right person whose accent is naturally the one that you want. So, um, yeah, this is pretty common. Like, we saw it with... Um, Oh, you didn't, you weren't, you hadn't joined yet. But earlier in the year, we watched Invictus, which is about the, um, it's kind of like a fictional documentary about the uh, South African rugby team. And when they won the World Cup in 1995, like not long after Mandela got out of prison, and this was his project, like to help reunite the country, get behind the, the rugby team. So in that movie, um, the, like, the, the main characters are like Matt Damon and, um, um, Oh, what's that actor called? Morgan Freeman is um oh, yeah. plays He's Mandela. Yeah, and so they obviously are not South African, they're American, but they have to um they both had to learn the South African accent. And I would say Matt Damon does a pretty good job. I don't know, I'm not South African, I can't, you know, maybe can't judge as accurately as someone from South Africa, but I thought he did a really good jo job whereas Morgan Freeman He like does a good kind of South African rolled R, but you can definitely hear like the American accent. You know, like he doesn't do quite as good a job. I think they were just like, just roll your R, and then you're kind of <laughs> South African. But um, yeah, it's quite funny. It's quite funny to see to see that and to see when it's done badly and to see when it's done well. Yeah, 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 and a lot can go wrong <laughs> if mm. if they don't uh, take an accent coach and stuff like that and people who are concerned they can be very upset when when they when they notice that their accent is spoken in a terrible mm. way they can get very angry <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> according to reddit <laughs> because i i, yeah, I read no, some I articles imagine, about imagine... that Oh, right. Okay. No, I can imagine that because, um, yeah, it is frustrating. And maybe they could have cast somebody who, you know, with the accent or, or they could have done a better job with the accent training. But anyway. <laughs> And Cara, can you tell us a little bit about Leo Listening? And hmm. what's the main mission of Leo Listening? Um, I would say, I would say nowadays it's, it's really helping people understand and discuss movies to, together. So people who have, you know, learned in the traditional way and maybe they use English fine at work and they have done all the tests and they kind of, you know, there isn't really much more for them to do, but they know that maybe films are still difficult for them or understanding native speakers in conversation is still challenging so yeah it's trying to to help people who are in that situation who are feeling a bit stuck and who want to do something different and who obviously enjoy movies and are a bit fed up of watching them alone and uh, watching them passively because i think yeah just watching the, the fact of watching them together 
it already changes the way that you watch them because you know that you have to be ready to discuss them with others. So you can't just kind of watch them half asleep on the couch. You have to <laughs> pay a bit more attention, even if it's just to say, uh, I don't understand what this movie was about. <laughs> yes. <know>? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, and, and where can we find you since you don't have uh, social media? Well, like, yes and no. So, um, well, people can go to the website. So that's leo-listening.com. And then they can find me also on YouTube. And yeah, the name on YouTube is Leo Listening. And then I do actually post on LinkedIn if, if that can be considered social media. So my profile oh, yes. is my name. So Cara Leopold. And yeah, I post on there as well about learning with movies and all that good stuff. Okay, I will put the links in the show notes as mm. well. Yeah, before we go on to the Groundhog Day, do you want to have a, a little break? Um, I'm okay, I can keep going. What do you think? Good. This was part one of our lovely chat and I decided to take a very small break to drink water and in the second part we will discuss the movie Groundhog Day and it's a really brilliant movie. I hope you will tune in again and just so you know Kara is going to start a little challenge that will run from September the 13th to the 20th and it's one week of sort of a movie club so that you get the feeling how it is to be in the movie club so I will put the link to this channel in the description. But of course you can also head over to leo-listening.com. Thanks for tuning in and have a good one. See you in part two.